0: Welcome back, Femboldeners. I missed you. I have um, something to admit and take ownership of. The Last episode of Fembolden last year, I may have told a fib. I did not mean to tell a fib. It really was at that moment in time, me thinking that Fembolden was going to change into something. And it is, it's sort of got its own evolution coming around, but for the last three months, I have not left you high and dry. I have been working on this new creative project that has been really asking to be burst. And I'm really excited to share that with you. And I'm going to tease you even more and make you listen to this whole episode to find out what that creative project was. Anyways, without further ado in this episode, we are talking to my dear friend, Sandra Burchod. She is a somatic based coach and creative consultant devoted to empowering purpose-driven visionaries and leaders to fully unleash their creative genius in order to catalyze lasting, positive impact within the lives of the people and initiatives they are here to be of service to. With backgrounds in psychology, neuroscience, and business theory, Sandra loves bridging the gap of understanding between nervous system and the way it enhances our capacity to feel full sovereignty over our creative process and realize our most meaningful visions. She has a MA in mindfulness-based counseling psychology and over 10 years of experiencing ex- 10 years of experience mentoring individuals through the process of leveraging their innate gifts to pursue fulfilling lives and careers that align with their deeper purposes. An experienced entrepreneur, Sandra is the founder of two businesses and currently works privately with clients and as a brand therapist for Being Design, Inc., helping conscious business owners build powerful brands that are informed by their highest values. In her free time, you can often find Sandra delighting in her creative process through the mediums of music, dance, art, and the written word. She currently lives by the ocean with her cat Nova, where she has plenty of time to marvel at the beauty of nature, pursue her, quote unquote, inner work, and nurture connection and co-creation with those she most cherishes. Without further ado, here's Sandy. Welcome to Femboldens, a podcast where inspiration meets aligned action, where science meets spirit, and where you've landed to enliven the bold within you. your host, Angelica Pascone, multidimensional healer and empowerment coach, specializing in helping heart-centered, high achievers like you to shatter their personal and professional self-built glass ceilings. Get ready to awaken to your truest potential as we dive deep into the emboldened stories, wisdom, and medicine of our fellow impact-driven visionaries to energize you into living your goal. The only question is... Are you ready? Let's get started. Fembolden. Hello, Femboldeners. I am so excited to be hopping into podcasting again. It's been a little bit of a hiatus since December. Welcome back. I have with me a very special guest. I know I say that a lot because I'm surrounded by amazing people in my life. Sandy Burshad, she and I met, goodness, now I have to do math and use my fingers, three, almost three years ago on a retreat in Mount Shasta. Side note, if you have not been there, that's one of the most magical places I've actually been. And we've gotten to know each other very well over the retreat, but it's been a while since we hopped on and we just had a little little chat, little catch up. Um, and I'm so excited to introduce her and her story and just find out more about who she is and how she's gotten to where she is. So without further ado, Sandy, welcome. I'm So excited to have you on here. How are you today? What's alive for you today? Who are you today?
1: <laughs> well, it's wonderful to be here with you and I'm honored to uh, be able to co-create with you in this way today. In this moment who am I today? Uh, I'm I'm excited. I'm integrating a lot of different layers in my own personal life and also professional life going through a a I would say a rapid period of expansion uh, on on a lot of layers and levels uh, and right now I would say what is most alive for me is around this quality of trusting in our innate gifts and, and allowing ourselves to be seen and mm-hmm. trusting ourselves to, to step into that proverbial spotlight and that we all have an important and unique message and that people really need to hear our authentic voice and wisdom. That's been really alive for me lately.
0: <laughs> My goodness. Well, look at this timing. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the whole this all about. <laughs> yeah. Oh <laughs> so, it's a beautiful alignment, right? <laughs> oh, so as you as you were showing, you know, it's so funny. I for some reason I want to say showing me that you're expanding, but you said it, but I, you know, as as intuitives, we tend to see as people talk. I don't know if you have that's part of your gifts, but I just see as as people Definitely. are ch- chatting. And so I saw your expansion and I thought to myself, wow, you know what? I I from the outside looking in, because I'm, I'm not you and I haven't had your experiences, I've seen a rapid progression. I shouldn't say, prog- I would say progression, but also evolution. And it feels as though, again, from the outside looking in, there's been so many evolutions, even within the last three years, of who Sandy is and what you're giving to this world. Does that f- is that, does that feel true to you? And what's that been like to, to have those shifts and, and listen to intuition and give out into the world? Well,
1: I think, you know, when, when you and I first met, it, it was just a very <laughs> interesting time. <laughs> <because I was. laughs> we were, in, <laughs> we were in Mount Shasta and uh, to, to, to our listeners right now, um, we were on a, a retreat together and then I, you know, the, a certain certain uh, chain of events happened and then I ended up getting hit uh, with a huge rock on the back of my head and Angelica here uh, became my protector and... <laughs> And ushered me to the emergency room uh, so that I could get checked out. And so, uh, for that, I will always be eternally uh, <laughs> grateful to you to, uh, to to be the one who would t- take to take the initiative in that moment and uh, to make sure that I got the the safe the safe and safety and support that I needed. But you know, so uh, I, I lovingly refer to that moment as <laughs> my concussion upgrade.
0: <laughs> You were so easygoing about it, but first of all, for our listeners, it was not just a rock; it was closer to a boulder. <laughs> so all
1: right, honestly, well, maybe it was a
0: boulder. I, I even had one of our one of our fellow retreat growers take a picture with his hand next to it, so I could show the the physician at the ER just how big it was. It's not just a rock. I'm seriously concerned, um, and and I, I have to say, you were very quick to say oh, this was all meant to happen. Like there was <laughs> no, I can't believe this is happening. I paid for this retreat, and now I got to go to the ER. I never saw this happening. Why did this occur? It was. Ah, <laughs> oh, this is forcing me to relax and <laughs> slow down. You
1: know, it's. uh I think that when you've been on a on a pathway of continuously orienting inward and. Continuously leaning into this lens of I am a creator of my own reality. And, you know, so I, I either have this uh, choice to take responsibility you know, for that. And, and claim claim you know we can claim our innate power and recognition of our creatorship and our ability to influence or attract certain situations and circumstances and people into our our reality that are informing our, our life journey. So we can either embrace what's that, what what's happening or or resist it. I do both, uh, but things things happen to flow more effortlessly when I embrace them and surrender. So that that's really my uh, my practice. Uh, <laughs>
0: Oh, you've said that so beautifully. I've always enjoyed how eloquently you speak, and with such oh. ease, too. Thank you for that. continuously oh, looking inward. I love that. Um, yeah, so and and I agree. I think I, I love how you highlighted, Yes, I surrender, but I also resist. and and <laughs> and that is so true in motherhood by the way. And there's moments where, you know, just this morning, Ezra leaks through his diaper. And, and my husband was like, oh, I just got him dressed and I was like, all right, you know, it is what it is, but you know, I'm not going to let it ruin my day. Um, yeah. So, so, okay. I think you were, you were leading into saying like, that was when we first met, there was a, you got hit in the head with a rock and I interrupted you.
1: Oh yeah. No. So that, that was, uh, you didn't, you didn't interrupt. We were just flowing, you know.
0: Flowing. <laughs> surrendering.
1: We were surrendering, <laughs> surrendering to where our energy was being guided, but yeah. So, so that was, you know, you were asking about uh, three years and three years time. I don't know. It's, it's really, I can look back at three years, uh, from now or, you know, before now and reflect on the person that I was then very much an inquiry in a relationship that I am no longer in very much a a different being on on many different levels. Uh, and when that relationship ended, it was a very catalytic relationship uh, Mm -hmm. for me as, as, you know, many different you know i would say when when we choose to be intimate with someone and spend time with someone in, in partnership in a in a more uh, romantic or or loving relationship we're always choosing that person for for a reason right mm-hmm. and oftentimes we're choosing a person that is evoking particular patterns or unintegrated awareness that we have from our family of origin that are now being mirrored to us through this uh, beautiful person that's showing up in our existence. And it can be really challenging and gritty and devastating and gorgeous all at the same time. So I was in one of those relationships when we met. (laughs) Um, And then had a concussion, you know, on top of that. And Found myself having my deepest core wounds from my, you know, family of origin and childhood being reflected at me at the same time that I was trying to heal from a massive concussion and then uh, moving through a global pandemic at the same time, mm-hmm. where I was living alone for the for the first time too. Mm, wow. Uh, so yeah. So that <laughs> when we first met. All of that was happening, and and that's kind of what I was moving into while trying to counterbalance uh, my own clients that I work with mm-hmm. and uh, my own business, obviously, which is an an expression of my energy and soul. So it was it was a very um, interesting, I'll say, interesting and challenging time for me that really confronted me with it it's like okay it's like okay sister you say you want to step up into to leadership and greater purpose well here are all the things that you need to confront before mm. <laughs> you do that so so that you can actually be in full integrity and uh, in in the embodiment of the service that you are so desiring to be committed to and devoted to in this lifetime so i would say that you know since then i've gone through many deaths and rebirths <laughs> yeah. and a lot of like profound refinement of my nervous system and mm. you know energy body and just physical body pretty much every layer and depth and spectrum so that i could be fully and wholly present to now step into a, a deeper dimension of, of service. Um, and that's mm-hmm. kind of the expansion that I was alluding to earlier, but yeah, that, that's kind of been a, a snapshot of, uh, the journey, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the,
0: the little, a little bit of the journey. At least. Oh my goodness. That's beautiful. Can you, so I I'd love to talk more about, and I feel like you, I, I should, I shouldn't say, I feel like I know that you, you have more, um, uh, wisdom in this, rather than using intuition. You have a really cool background, education wise. You went to a really neat school that I wish I knew about before I <laughs> racked up the student loans. Can you speak more to um, the the school you went to, what you studied, and and um, I know I'm asking you like four questions at once, and also what you mean by your nervous system uh, not healed. I forgot the word you use, but progressed and expanded and and went through the healing of layers that it needed to, because I've never heard it that way, but I know exactly what you mean.
1: Sure. Well, I I think you and I resonate because I mean, for many different reasons, but also because I, I am, I am a advocate of, and just a devoted devotee of that bridgeway between science and spirituality Mm -hmm. and, I get really—I I would say my background uh, was more esoteric. Largely, uh, I, I was born as a very uh, highly, you know, sensitive kiddo, wired into another existence in reality that was always sensitized to energy and empathic, and always feeling, you know, not only. Um, you know, the energy in my environment, but other people's feelings and, you know, seeing energy all the time, you know, it's like, I came in uh, with my senses and my beyond senses, (laughs) I'll call them blasted wide open. Uh, So as a, as a highly sensitive kid and, and I would say an individual that was always, always wired into this other reality to a certain extent, I had a natural proclivity as a seeker. And I knew like very, very early on that I'm like, okay, I I'm developing this innate understanding of my intuitive gifts that when I was younger were perceived as uh, maybe a curse or really overwhelming or a pathology. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I, I, was medicated you know with like ADHD meds and diagnosed with literally like every you know different uh psychological diagnosis under the sun but you know as as we know our wounds often become our greatest gifts so even though that was a really tremendously challenging time for me when i was younger i, I was in a period of, I'll always say that like my first dark night of the soul happened when I was like 11 or 12, (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. because I was in this, this period of like deep inquiry, feeling really at odds with, um, who I was as an individual and how to authentically own that. And then feeling like I was receiving, you know, continuous backlash, Uh, Mm -hmm. By society that was like informed to not really have the attunement to understand um, someone that existed outside the spectrum of the norm, or who Mm -hmm. was, you know, wired in the way that I was wired. Mm -hmm. So, when I was 15, I decided that I'm like, okay, like I've been on this path of like spiritual inquiry for some time now. I started meditating when I was 12. I kind of had a really early start <laughs> with all of that because I had openness and receptivity in my you know, family. Um, my dad was a meditator. My mom was into like mediumship and, uh, talking to psychics. So there was, (laughs) there was definitely space and permission for me to, uh, be a, a spiritual explorer in that way. But I decided that, okay, I'm going to, you know, someday I'm going to go to college. I heard about the school called Naropa, um, Mm -hmm. and Naropa, was a school I happened upon when I was researching, like, spiritual psychology and, you know, how to become a spiritual psychologist. <laughs> um, so uh, I decided that I'd go there one day. Uh, and Naropa is a really amazing school in Boulder, Colorado. It's a, a credit accredited liberal arts school that has more of an alternative and holistic orientation they're they're known basically for alternative and holistic like psychology as well as like their arts program but their psychology program is like highly recognized as, you know, being really, really incredible just because of all of the dimensions um, that it integrates between like science and spirit and the more, more holistic and integrative like approaches of, uh, you know, psychology and understanding like human development and, you know, the bridge between our, um, you know, psychosis, but also like spiritual gifts and, you know is, is psychosis like really psychosis or is an expression of our sensitivity? That's like a whole other conversation we, you know, <laughs> can get into, <laughs> but, <laughs> um, you know, so now, uh, you know, I would say what, uh, if I'm, if I'm tracing back, you know, the, the four questions, uh, <laughs> that, that were, <laughs> that were asked, <laughs> um, <laughs> when you, you, you asked about like the nervous system and like refinement of the nervous system. So, um, when I got to Naropa, I had been sick uh chronically ill for for many 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 years um at that point because and I think this is like really i would say common for highly sensitive and people that exist on that spectrum it's like not only are you like sensitive and you know energy you know energetically or you know emotionally but you're also sensitive in the body so I was one of those kids that was just always getting sick and I had like food allergies and I, I, I had, uh, so much, so much physiological stress just because I also didn't have the capacity to modulate stress effectively because I was, my nervous system was just constantly getting overloaded. So by the time that I got to Europa, I didn't really have, I had tried a lot of different things to heal, but what I hadn't tried was orienting towards my own somatic intelligence and my own body's wisdom to heal. So I started studying somatic psychology and the nervous system and the interconnection between how trauma impacts our nervous system and our neurobiology. And I just turned into like a whole neuroscience nerd, you know? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) And how that informs me now is that, um, you know, I really look at our own our own kind of spiritual development can't not include our nervous system and our awareness Mm -hmm. of our body. All of it has become integrated for me in the work that I do with my clients. And when I work with anyone, that's, that's always where we start like assessing, like how is the body and how is your nervous system orienting and operating right now in this moment? Because we, we all have a map that exists within us. And when we can attune to that, you know, map and the way that we function, um, on, you know, these deeper and more subtle levels, we have a really profound capacity to not only, um, transform the way that we relate and care for ourselves so we're honoring our own unique ecosystem and the way that it needs to function to feel most nourished but then that also empowers us to access our own innate gifts and mm-hmm. our more intuitive gifts because we're actually in a resource place to access them so mm-hmm. now i do you know somatic coaching and you know i got a master's degree in mindfulness based counseling psychology i continued my education on that level and bridging the gap between science and spirit and the nervous system and intuition and our embodiment and the actualization of our deeper gifts. And I've kind of woven it all together as a somatic based coach and a creative consultant. um, Mm -hmm. Now that helps people bridge the gap between their awareness of their uh, nervous system and their own energy body and how to use that wisdom to inform everything that they do. Uh, in their work and their life. Right. So that's, that's the, the long, (laughs) the long haul, the the long spectrum haul. Perfect (laughs) answer.
0: (laughs) I love that so much. It's, it's funny. We're having this conversation, you know, again, timing is everything I I was just having um, I have a very mild form of pots. I don't know if you're familiar with that diagnosis, but that's something that's come to light recently. Um, and that's, you, there's, there's a, a misconnection between my brain and my, um, blood vessels, if you will. And in that when I stand up or when I'm changing positions, my, the baroreceptors in my, my blood vessels don't respond. Um, so I will get heart racing. Um, I'm oh, on top of being a mother, you know, there's brain oh, wow. fog, headaches, um, you know, and I, 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 again, I have a very mild form. A lot of people are stuck in bed anyways. The point being is I haven't been taking very good care of myself. Those last couple of weeks. Cause I've been stressed. And isn't that funny how, when you're stressed, you just like everything that oh, yeah. that helps you out just gets thrown out the window. Like, yeah, that piece of bread looks good and it's quick. So I'm just going to eat it. Um, so I hadn't been drinking my lemon water. I I hadn't been eating correctly. Um, and In in this whole story, we're also interviewing for nannies for Ezra, and there was there was one we had one interview, and on paper she was great, and she interacted with Ezzy, and my husband was like, "This is the one," but there wasn't some there something wasn't sitting well with me, and I couldn't differentiate in that moment: is this my body responding to something that just isn't visible, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: or is it is my pots? what's the word I'm looking for? Is it making my intuition fuzzier? Like, am I, is it a disconnect? Is my heart racing and my, I'm tired and fatigued and I'm feeling this way because of that? Or is it, am I missing a a, um, a message that I, I need to really listen to? Um, so it's so interesting to be hearing again, back to me, how important it is to put yourself into that healthy position. And I've already started doing so, of course, after that happened, I'm like, I can't hear my intuition right now because this is in the way it was like, you know, a static trying to get the the radio station on. Um, and again, I'm just, you always get the messages that you need to hear at the right time. So thank you for that. That's, that's so powerful. And, and to echo back to you, what you were saying, I don't have the degrees that you do, But certainly I love mixing science and spirit together. And I find that neuroscience is often so validating to, Mm -hmm. to the emotions that we're feeling, you know, for, for instance, um, I had read this book called the female brain, and it was all about the neuroscience of how, how we react as women and how we're primed to do that because we needed to survive and how, how we do so throughout our ages and stages. Um, And I often do that say that with my my clients is you know, first forgive yourself because you're genetically primed to want to be included in a group. So that's part of the reason why maybe you self abandoned this in this moment in time because otherwise you might die if you were in a caveman world. Um, Absolutely. so I just wanted to yeah. reflect that back to you. and i love I love how you utilize that as a as a tool to use with with your clients. So thank you for for doing the work that you do. I love that so much. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of like, I didn't have a choice. <laughs> <Yeah. Yes. laughs> it's, it's, it's like, it's, I mean, we, we always have choice. Uh, I mean, depending on your, your perspective uh, on, on things, you know, but it, that, <laughs> but in, in this instance, it's, it's sort of like my body was so sensitive that if I didn't want to be in pain for the rest of my life, I had to just figure out a, a a pathway, you know, forward, um, to like really honor my unique template, which, you know, I, I was always frustrated when I was younger, um, because I always felt like I lacked wiggle room. You know, it's like someone could eat a, a piece of pizza and it might feel like bad, you know, maybe like they have like a little stomach girl. I'd be like in bed for like a week if I did that, you know, so it's that, and you know, when you have a, a more highly sensitive system, it's, it's, it's like you, you do have less wiggle room, but I have found that with really learning how to deeply attune to our inner ecosystem, we create a new dimension of spaciousness in our system because we know how to resource ourselves. And we then have a natural capacity when we do feel out of sync or out of balance, or, you know, say we're, un, we've been stressed out. So we're under resourced, So we're naturally not energized to take care of ourselves in the way that we'd like. We have a, we have a natural capacity to recognize when that's happening and, you know like that that was happening for, for you for mm-hmm. two weeks, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but then you're like, oh, I have this like awareness around it. But like I know that lemon water and I really get along. And I actually have uh the specific sort of food options and choices that I know really nurture my body. And even though I wasn't necessarily able to do that over the past two weeks, I I do know how to resource myself. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the I mean, there's something that's like really simple but beautiful in being able to be empowered to take care of ourselves. You know, there's just something really potent about that, knowing that we have the capacity to come back to center, knowing the things that we need to modulate and really enact and support our own sense of uh, greater homeostasis, which then pervades pretty much every dimension of our, of our reality. And like you said, you know, in that moment, it's like, oh, I couldn't hear myself clearly Mm -hmm. in that moment because I was under-resourced. And that's really natural because like all of our uh, mechanisms are are going towards survival or trying to kind of manage pain or discomfort. So a lot of our other skills and, ab- and abilities, like our, our beautiful skills and abilities, like intuition or creativity <laughs> and sensuality, and uh, are muted in that moment. We and because we can't really tap into that visionary you know space because priority one is taking care of our body and getting ourselves back to baseline and. Once we have that tool in our toolbox, it doesn't go anywhere. And that's why I think the, I, it's why I know and I'm such an advocate for somatic based work and for, for just ed, people to have access to like education around their neurobiology and like understanding the way their nervous system works, because like that's our map, you know, I believe one of our most profound maps back to our fundamental well being, you know. Mm. Oh, I
0: love hearing you talk. <laughs> I love hearing you talk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. That's so beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah. I'm. I, you know, you spoke, we spoke to being frequently ill as a child and being frustrated in that. And it's it's interesting. I always felt as though our, our stories were similar and very different. Um, and yours was... I feel like as though your childhood story was similar to mine, but magnified, um, you know, certainly I had, and I've shared with my listeners on, on this podcast, I've had my gifts, you know, I was seeing spirit speaking to my loved ones that have passed. And, um, really I was an excellent manifester. I don't know why I doubt myself now, but you know, it- <laughs> i i think your experience as far as your your sensitivities were were much more magnified than mine um could you are you able to because i feel i'm feeling intuitively there might be a, a few people in the audience that that may be in a similar situation are you able to tap back into those moments in childhood of feeling frustrated and feeling ill and i guess what what you're for lack of a better phrase, for what your body felt like in your nervous system.
1: Yeah. I mean, I still have my days, mm-hmm. you know, when, when I got like stress, like it's, it's not, <laughs> it's not so far in my history that I can't access that. I mean, even um, like yesterday I was having some digestion stuff, like felt like detox and it, it, it's just this like, it's this baseline level of dis-ease, right? So dis disease, dis-ease. I've always loved the interconnection between (laughs) those words because on a certain level, at least for me, when I'm feeling uncomfortable, there's a part of me that isn't feeling totally safe. And it's activating a uh, really natural mechanism called hypervigilance, which I is fundamentally wise and amazing We're we're animals, right. And where our biology is wired with this natural hypervigilance that has the capacity to uh, seek out potential threats and assess whether a situation is safe or not. So when I was younger, in particular, it was really, really challenging because, on a certain level, because I was always activated in a pain state, I never felt safe. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's a fundamentally people that struggle uh, with, uh, you know, and have struggled with chronic al- illness, me included, have had this experience of fundamentally not feeling safe in their bodies, but they aren't really. Necessarily aware that it's their body that is not feeling safe because our brain cannot actually distinguish between an emotional or physical threat. So if um, if we're in physical pain, we're we're feeling physically threatened and emotionally threatened at the same time. <laughs> so it's like this perfect recipe for uh, you know, disaster uh, from that from that lens or perspective. And I think in feeling into those moments, uh, for me, there was a sense of powerlessness to that. Like I don't have control over what's happening in my body or experience, or my body is so reactive to chemicals or food sensitivities that I have that I never know when this next onslaught of pain is going to come. So there is a sense of feeling disempowered and not feeling safe because of that lack of quote unquote control. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, now because I've cultivated a ecosystem and a relationship with myself that I feel is trustable. And I know that I can show up for myself in those moments. I know that even when I'm feeling pain, that it's not going to last. And, and you can apply that not only mm-hmm. to, to physical pain, but, but emotional pain too. Mm-hmm. And, It's like when we're having um, a bout of anxiety or stress or depression, well, but yeah, like there's a part of our system that's being activated right now that won't translate for everyone physically in the way that it did for me, like where my stress was like implicit instantaneously in my body. Right. But, um, you know, emotional pain can be just as potent as physical pain. And when we're in the grips of that level of pain or dis-ease fundamentally, um, it can really, it can feel really, really destabilizing and really vulnerable and scary. And, you know, so to anyone that's like listening right now, I feel you, I get you, I've been there. I know what that's like. You're not alone. And, um, just know that, there actually is a really profound intelligence at work there in Mm -hmm. your own embodied wisdom. Like pain is a profound intelligence. Discomfort is a profound intelligence because it's directing our light of our, of our awareness towards specific places in our body and experience that don't feel necessarily in balance or in integrity. And when we can attune to that as a part of our map and the ecosystem uh we can feel empowered to embrace that part of ourselves and also tap into a deeper intelligence and wisdom in how to best care for and support ourselves in that moment so that no part of us is left behind.
0: That's beautiful. That's beautiful. It, it's, it's interesting when when you had talked about disease i forgotten about, there's so much of me that I've forgotten about since becoming a mom and you know, I wouldn't call it self-abandonment, but there's things that you leave behind because you have a child to care for. And I'm so much of a conscious mother that I'm, you know, trying to put his needs first. Then he, he sure. has less of a likelihood of, of people pleasing later down the road as a future, future white male. Right. Um, and I think you highlighted that so so beautifully, and that disease really highlights the fact that ease is our natural state. And remembering again, as you said so nicely, the stresses, the anxiety, the pain, those aren't our natural states. So remembering that they're not permanent can give you so much more empowerment. And actually, and that's something that I do with my clients, and I'm sure that you do too, that that. That affords you the separation between what's going on now, whether it be stress, pain, uh, discomfort, and yourself. And there's not, once you, I feel like as soon as you have that separation, there's space for healing. It's that over identifying with what's going on that really snowballs into more discomfort and, uh, and coming, doing this conversation full circle, attracting more of that into your life too sometimes. Um, so thank you for saying that, that so, so nicely. I, I earlier when I had more time before Ezra took 20 minute naps once a day, um, I would say that I would actually go towards discomfort and put myself in uncomfortable situations because I knew that's where, where I would grow. Did you have, do you have the same sort of, um, I want to say belief, but but navigational beacon of of encouraging discomfort, and if so, is there a discomfort in particular that's calling you?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I like I like this uh, phrasing of navigational beacon. That's <laughs> I'm into that. Um, <laughs> that's a beautiful way to put it. Yeah, I I would say that like for me, I'm always I'm the kind of person that's, I'm going to leave no stone unturned. And if it's like uncomfortable or or painful, I'm going to want to investigate it. I mean, maybe I'm a weirdo, but I don't know. I get like excited. I'm like, oh, it's like crunchy and uncomfortable. And like, I really hate being with it right now, but wow, there's so much information and like wisdom here. So I'm going to lean in anyway. (laughs) So so I've always been that sort of, you know, if it's like dark under the surface, in the shadow, it's like, I'm, I'm going to want to befriend it and get to know it and be intimate with it and like, learn how to embrace it, mm. um, in my, in my system. And as for like, a, did you ask as if there's like a particular.
0: Yeah. Current in, in your, in your awareness currently, is there a discomfort that's calling you for more expansion? Uh, yeah. I mean, there's, I'd say
1: like the main one is um, I'm like really leaning into being seen on a really deep level right now and owning my own gifts uh, in a more public space, <laughs> um, which, you know, so I've been getting the calling to do videos more and more podcasts. And then like, I, I have you and this other person, <laughs> you know, this other friend and I was like, Hey, can you be on my, so it's like, I put it out in the field and it mm-hmm. feels like, um, I'm just being like pushed out into the the world, into the you know public eye uh, to be to to share. To because it feels like for me right now, living and embodying my dharma means to be also embodying my capacity and ability to transmit and teach and create accessibility to information that wouldn't otherwise be accessible and realize that it's really not about me. I actually have that as a, (laughs) you know, note on my computer and and not to say that I don't put myself, um, out in a lot of ways, you know, I write and, uh, like I, I teach workshops and I work with clients and, uh, I, I even DJ, you know, music sets, you know, (laughs) (laughs) sometimes. um <laughs> there, there's a lot of ways in which that I like to like I love collaboration and love co-creation um I just knew joined a new business uh you know c- collaboration and co-creatorship of a, a design and and branding consultancy um that's doing um, brand therapy for you know conscious uh, mm-hmm. entrepreneurs and, and thought leaders and more experienced business owners like I just I love co-creation um I would say my edge is, doing my own like videos. Like I, I could talk to people like this, like all day, but you know, I've been getting this like nudge from spirit and, you know, source, whatever you want to call it. Like, you need to start doing videos and you need to start your own podcast. Like now mm-hmm. I'm like, but I just, you know, like being behind the scenes and doing things with people <laughs> in like a more intimate context. And it's funny because I was like, so in the public eye, when I was younger, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I had, I had, several, um, you know, national, international television appearances as a, a psychic intuitive medium. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I think that fundamentally was so overwhelming for me that I like went back into hiding, you know, for a while. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and I'd say I'm not hiding, but I'm definitely, I'm definitely not as, um, out in (laughs) out in the embodiment of everything that I'm wanting to be sharing with others as I'd like to be. So I've been slowly working myself, you know, up to that, to more visibility while honoring where my nervous system is at. And I, I would say for anyone that's, uh, wanting to step into greater visibility and sharing of their gifts, there, there are a lot of like methods and tools for that, but it's like if you're not listening and honoring your own mm-hmm. nervous system and you're overriding in order to accomplish something, which, you know, that doesn't mean we can get, we can get uh, caught in a trap, right? Because we we can say like, oh, and th- this is the thing that I've gone through. We can say, oh, like, well, because I'm, I'm feeling uh, like my nervous system is activated. It means I'm not ready. Well, that's not true because. <laughs> So to anyone that's dancing on, on the edge like this, you know, I, which is a, an edge that I've danced on too. I you know we can say that, yes, this is really scary. Yes. It's activating my nervous system, but that also doesn't fundamentally mean I'm ready in learning to differentiate mm-hmm. between, um, what, excited activation is and, and yeah. fear activation is, and also knowing that we can befriend both of those dimensions of our experience and honor our ecosystem while still leaning in and moving beyond the edge of our comfort zone. So that's, that's, that's the way that I've been personally approaching it. Um, and getting up on a Saturday morning and, you know, having a conversation like this, it, it's like, it's sort of like, I, I called it in <laughs> and then you yeah, were you did. You're like, you're like, Hey, you wanna... I haven't talked to you in a couple of years. <laughs> I haven't talked to you in a couple of years. Want to be on my podcast. I was like, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's lean into my, my edge of, of sharing. Like I'm Finally, ready. I'm. I'm ready to come out of incubation and fly
0: <laughs> now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I I feel like there's there's certain people in your life that you carry their wisdom, like little speck of their wisdom, and they might not even notice. Yeah. The point of this being is, I had a, a gym coach who once told me, and I don't remember when he said this, but if you're nervous and excited at the same time that's your, that's your cue. Yeah. That's a, that's a fuck. Yes. And, yeah. and I use that as fuck my yeah. navigational beacon, <laughs> you know, at the same time. So, so like recently, and this is a good segue into my second podcast, <laughs> I had originally wanted the fembolden to turn into what we, this, this podcast, sure, but I was sure. suggested just do two separate ones. Um, You know, the idea of reading family members Versus on a podcast versus just interviewing. I mean, interviewing is comfortable, right? It was a little edgy at first, but wait a second. I have these gifts that I can share. And I remember I, I, I'm very grateful for the gift of tapping into future timelines. I think I do so without realizing it sometimes, but. Tapping into me, ho- um, not hosting, but catalyzing this these conversations, facilitating. My friend uses the the beautiful word co- being a conduit for these conversations with loved ones mm. who are nonverbal. And, and kn- knowing I love doing that because it's something I've done with my son. It's something I've done with my sister-in-law. It's something I've done with individuals I've worked with disabilities and their families. But doing it publicly scared the shit out of me. And 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 not only it's not so much being seen, but having that vulnerability and um, really those conversations are are very uh, intimate. And what if I did them wrong? Right. So oh, I guess yeah. I'm I'm just talking about myself here, but I tapped into that future timeline and I was like, okay, yeah, I'm scared, but I'm really good at it, and yeah. it excites me too. So let's just see what happens. So yeah, absolutely. I always say nerve, and that that's something again. My my a gym coach told me if you're nervous and excited at the same time, that's your cue. That's that means it's the right the right decision.
1: Yeah, it's it's like the the holy shit moment, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like it's like everything in my being is you know telling me to like run away, but also leap at the same time, and that's mm-hmm. that's the moment that you know that you're meant to go full 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 blaze ahead towards that you know pathway and uh yeah i think that's i think it's really beautiful and it's i can really relate to that um like pretty much at the edge of every expansion like this new podcast is an expansion for you and in stepping into a greater degree of visibility like in the, in the same way that I remember like when uh, I did my first webinar, or you know, cl- like online class many years ago, and I like just couldn't sleep the night before. Mm-hmm. I was like so nervous. I, I overprepared. Like it was just so terrifying to me. Now I can do that and I can um, prepare like maybe the day before because I have a clear idea of what I want to teach. I know the material. I know that a lot of it's going to be intuitively led and about dropping in and attuning in the moment. And it there's just an innate trust there. And I think that, you know, at the edge of every precipice, we often feel the the uh, in, that intensity of our our proverbial glass ceiling and or our upper limit thresholds. Uh, I think Gay Hendricks calls it like the OLP, Like I like to mm. lovingly call it the OLP. Mm-hmm. I'm like, holy shit, like I'm I'm big right now. I'm at I'm at my <laughs> I'm having the upper limit problem. I've hit that mm-hmm. threshold and I'm about to kind of expand beyond, you know, the perception of uh, <laughs> how I identify and see myself and what I'm truly capable of. And all of our patterns come up in that, in yes. that moment, our, all of our deepest, you know, patterns are, our our, uh, our mom's voice or, or the, the school bully or, you know, whoever, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> whatever we internalize, you know, during our development, um, you know, comes up during those moments. Cause it's like, well, what if I fail or what if you know, I, I get a uh, you know, backlash, you know, or mm-hmm. someone doesn't like it. And so then that's been helpful for me in that and in, in being like a creator. Cause I'm always putting out, you know, content and creation. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, one, it's not my responsibility to manage other people's yeah. experience or reaction to what I create Two, their reaction says more about them than it does about me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, three, I am living my Dharma when I'm in, embodying my creatorship and Mm -hmm. I'm embodying my expression. And, uh, if I want to be in integrity with that, then I have to like lean. in, even when it feels fucking scary (laughs) and terrifying, Mm -hmm. (laughs) even if I feel avoidant of it at times. So I'm, I feel really excited um, for you and this, uh, Mm -hmm. new endeavor. Um, and yeah, it's, I'm always like so excited and a hundred percent behind when someone is leaping past the edge of their comfort zone mm-hmm. into something that um, they were once previously terrified to do. So yeah. I feel proud of you and
0: oh, excited to you. see what happens. Oh, I'm excited too. I'm <laughs> excited too. Thank you for, for holding space for that. Yeah. We're, we're excited. We're excited to see what happens. Yeah. I'd love to um, take a moment and um, be a little selfish here uh in i'd love to pick your brain about this so so sure. being a mom and i'm 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 so curious if there's other people in the audience there has to be i can't be the only one being a mom and being an empath and and being gifted i i've been noticing and actually i shouldn't say noticing i'm wondering because i don't have this self-awareness yet i've been wondering if i'm i am um you know in in moments where Ezra is, um, experiencing discomfort. If I am feeling that and reacting based on, based on how he's feeling rather than my feeling. And I know there's always an element of that, right. As a mom, I want to protect, I want to swoop in, want to prevent. Right. And I, but at the same time, I'm also balancing like 15 different plates here with all these different arms and and I want to be consciously aware that he is also having his own experience and 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 vice versa um but I notice I, I I'd like to know if you would be able i don't even know if you'd be able to notice this but or answer this am am i responding how do I know if I'm responding out of my own traumatic experience in childhood right? Um, or am I responding out of what I'm picking up from him? Well, that's, that's
1: a somewhat of a a complex answer, but we can simplify it. (laughs) It's a complex question that I've been navigating. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a mom personally. Um, but what I will say is that I I have been a play therapist and I have worked with kids and families and parents, you know, I did a clinical internship as a play therapist. um, And so I have a lot of experience working with kiddos and being in, in relationship and feeling like, okay, what's mine, uh, what's theirs. uh, Mm -hmm. And, and also just uh, from a more therapeutic orientation, Um, from a more therapeutic orientation, I I don't know if you've heard this terminology about transference and counter-transference, but you know, basically it's like, you know, as a, as a coach, uh, healer, we're always going to be picking up things from our clients. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's always going to be a question of, okay, well, what's mine and what's theirs Yes. as an empath, um, and someone that's highly sensitized to energy, the more, I would say the more, overwhelmed we are by our empathy and like activated our nervous system is that is going to mute our capacity to be able to accurately attune to someone else, whether it's a client Mm -hmm. or a kiddo. Mm -hmm. So, you know, from a therapeutic orientation, um, it's like, like, say you, you're connecting with your kiddo. Um, and something happens that reminds you of, uh, your childhood, Mm -hmm. something like he's like reaching his hand towards like a socket or he's like, uh, I don't know, playing in the yard or something. And and it triggers some sort of implicit memory in your Mm -hmm. system. Suddenly. Depending on the degree of the unprocessed nature of that trauma or memory for you, your system's going to get overwhelmed, mm-hmm. right? hmm with, a, with a, being a parent, it's going to be even more intense because, okay, we're not only uh, feeling like our own trauma, but we're also feeling the potential like safety, you know, risk and, you know, uh, of our kiddo and our, our mama bear or papa bear is going to want to, you know, come online. And, you know, so there's like a lot of different like things happening all at the same time. Um, so, you know, I would say, obviously in the moment, if this, if it's a safety concern, you're going to want to address the safety Mm -hmm. concern Mm -hmm. in the moment. Hopefully that's, that's not, (laughs) hopefully that's not the case, (laughs) but sometimes that's going to happen and you're going to just have to triage the situation. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, most of the time though, um, and just re- remembering a lot of the the sort of conversations that I had with parents um, that were similarly struggling with this quandary because uh, we struggle with it as people and we, you know, in relationship and we struggle with it, you know, as parents because uh, the stakes are even higher. And especially as a conscious parent that is wanting to take beautiful responsibility for their experience and not project it onto their kiddo, which I think is like really, really great. Um, but the, I would say a... Remedy, you know, for that in the moment is to do your own sort of self-resourcing, mm. right? And coming back into, you know, it's like, oh, wow, I'm triggered right now. Mm-hmm. And maybe even like naming, I'm triggered right now. Now, developmentally, depending on how old your kiddo is, um, there's a certain degree of merging that is natural, mm-hmm. right? Right. So the younger they are, the more you're going to merge because they're the individuation of, uh, the psyche and personality hasn't fully happened yet. And there's mm-hmm. this wired inter- interconnection, which is like really natural and healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that moment that, you notice, like, oh, I'm triggered and I can't discern between, you know, me and my kiddo. Well, primary is resourcing yourself so that you can accurately attune to your kiddo. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So coming back to your own sense of center and, and also modeling through like mirror neurons. Okay. How does mom self-regulate through stress and emotional intensity? Because your kiddo will pick that up. You know, he'll, he'll, he'll see it and know, even if he's like two or three, because there's like, you know, one, two, three, regardless of how old, you know, the the kiddo is, they're going to feel it through the, the -hmm. connection. And the and the empathic connection and see and how you modulate and work with like stressors in your environment, mm-hmm. and then take that into their te- their their template, integrate that into their template of like, okay, this is how we deal with things. So that 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 I would say is like a you know the prime responsibility of a parent in that moment. And to any parent, you know, that's listening, it's like that's you being resourced is going to create resource for your kiddo. So that's like primary.
0: Of primary importance, I would say. Does that make sense? Oh, total sense. Yeah. And and for all the parents out there. So I know this is this is logically the answer, but I would also like to hear this uh, selfishly. I can't screw up my child's psyche with one mistake. Ooh, an occasional mistake, right? Yes. It's gotta be repeated mistakes. Yep. Yeah.
1: I, yes. So, so important. And I mean, it's, it's, I I also just feel like this is something I've noticed, you know, with like, you know, I don't have kids of my own, but I have friends with kids. And it's like, and all my friends are like interested in consciousness, like personal development and being on point. I'm like, no, you're not going to fuck up your kid. Like, if you make one, you know, it's like Mm -hmm. you, you making the mistake and owning the mistake and creating space for the repair and modeling how to like move through uh, a, a challenging moment is like, wow, like I, I like really uh, str- struggle there in that moment, like you being as authentic to your experience and like what's happening and and modeling that is going to be like the best mm-hmm. mess because we're all human. We're all going to make mistakes and you're not going to fuck up your kid because you make mistakes. Mm-hmm. It's you taking responsibility, you know, for, for the mistakes and creating space for the impact that that mistake might've, you know, made and for, for your kiddo to actually have a voice <laughs> and, yeah, yes, and reaction yeah. and be mm-hmm. able to like healthfully like react to like what's happened. Mm-hmm. You know, that,
0: that is like, that is like the best medicine right there. <laughs> yes. Yep. Thank you. I needed to hear that again. I know that. But I needed to hear it. At the same time. <laughs> sure. Right. It's like, okay, it's it's funny as a mom. And and as he gets hurt, I'm like, okay, I can feel myself reacting. Um yep. if I was, and often when he's hurt or he's sick, I think to myself, if I was a provider on call and a parent yep. called me with the symptoms Ezra's having, what would I tell them? Like I have to switch my hats and think logically. But there's there's also times where I have to have to be mom. I've been noticing. Um, or I shouldn't say I've I've always known that Ezra has very similar gifts as I. Um, it's something yep. I noticed in the womb. He was a very powerful manifester. I, I thank him for the house that we're in currently. Um uh, <laughs> that's so beautiful. And and I'm <laughs> yeah, I, honestly there there's no way we've gotten this <laughs> house without him. Um and I I am grateful for my experience as a child and my ability to come out of the witch's closet when I did and so that I can validate what he's experiencing. Um, you know, when he's laughing at the wall and talking to the wall, I'm like, Oh, your angels are here. And I don't get fearful or any, you know, anything like that. Um, I'm curious to know. At also you, and you had shared earlier, you, you had parents who were open to those experiences and luckily recognized them very early on as gifts. um, I think we're coming into an age where most children are, are being born. I I honestly think everybody's born with these gifts, but they seem to be heightened in these children being born, especially as we're, we're in this pandemic and seeing just the shattering of society as we knew it to, to build something new and coming into this new earth. How would you, I guess, what, um, what am I trying to ask here? What, things should parents look for in their child that would indicate maybe there's something deeper. Maybe there's gifts that are unrecognized that I'm not validating that I'm not letting them have voice to. Um, and, and what could they do about it? Where could they go? What sort of resources, especially if they're not intuitive, like we are, we, they were denied their intuitive gifts early on, I guess, what resources can they, can they go to, to, encourage their children and create a safe space in a society that still isn't quite there yet?
1: Well, I would say like the first thought that I have is that all kiddos that come in are magical Mm -hmm. (laughs) and special and uh have profound gifts and they're all wired into another reality, you know, especially, um, in that, in that moment of time, like when they're, they're just born and mm-hmm. it's, they're, they're one of the most like high, highly, in They'll, they're, they're going to be imbibing the most sort of intuitive, energetically sensitive, uh, you know, emotionally, you know, where, because place, because they are merged with, Everything pretty much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not only uh, the 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 kind of source from one what where they came from, but you know just whatever is there in their environment. They're in this space of absorbing. So I think that it's important to remember that um, that all kids have really really profound gifts, and and we all start out that way. Mm-hmm. Now, I think the more awareness around that that you know parents can hold, um, and, but also not to project their experience of what their kiddo should be, but actually create space for there to be a natural emergence mm-hmm. for this soul to express and be and who they are and, and that the environment nurtures that, you know on every level. it nurtures that space, it nurtures that attunement. Um, in terms of things to look for, uh, I don't know, every kid is so different, right? It's, it's, um, I, I could put, I could give you like a, a list of like, okay, like this is like how, you know, your kid is like intuitive or whatever, but (laughs) every kid is like, so like I, here, here's my belief. Every, every person is highly sensitive and intuitive and we are all wired in a particular way. And in in that, in that particular way, and some of us had the benefit of having those aspects nurtured, whereas others didn't. And some had to cultivate that capacity all on their own and were completely invalidated and never had resource support, but that became the catalyst for their awakening to their innate sensitivity and to kind of search out, uh, people and and places and resources that could like validate that aspect of themselves so you know I would say that like as as a parent um and not being one myself but having worked with a lot of parents and and been a kid (laughs) before we've all been kids (laughs) we've all been kids (laughs) and we all have inner children Mm -hmm. um the most profound gift that you know anyone can offer me is the space to fully be myself mm-hmm. and whatever that looks like and to feel completely nurtured and safe in in the expression of that in every moment. And kids are all innately sensitive and and creative and gifted and they're going to have particular proclivities or uh interests in, in certain areas and the more that those aspects are nurtured and the more they feel safe to be who they are, the more extraordinary they become <laughs> over, over time. And also have some really profoundly integrated skills and tools to uh, rely on as they grow and, and develop. Um, so as like new earth parents, it's it's really just how ha- how attuned can I be to empowering my own authenticity and how can that create the bridge and container for my kiddo to also feel supported in that same way by giving myself and giving myself that same permission and extending that, that space to myself. It's it's like, how can we give to ourselves so fully that we can provide that space for our kids to grow and thrive so that they can be who they truly are.
0: Mm, I love that. Yes. I, I, we, this reminds me when we were doing the, the nanny interviews and they asked us, you know, what our parenting style is like, we're like, it's Ezra led, you know, when you, when in doubt, like default to the kid. I mean, again, don't let them jump off the empire state building, run in the road, but at the same time, if you don't know what to do, just let, let Ezra lead the way, you know? So that's, that's powerful. Thank you for that share.
1: Yeah. And I think that's so beautiful. It's, it's like how different the world we would be if we, you know, trusted our kids to lead the way, or we trusted our partners and we had like the skills and capacity to communicate our needs mm-hmm. <laughs> and felt safe in our expression and safe to show up and and in, in the embodiment of who we truly are. How different the world you know would be if we mm-hmm. extended that. So I feel like the earlier we can translate that and transmit that to our kiddos, the more they can show up as the innately magical and sensitive and extraordinary be- beings that they already are and always yeah. have been. Right. Yeah. Uh.
0: So beautiful. This has been such a powerful conversation that went <laughs> in all the right directions, everything it needed to, <laughs> needed to be today. I would love to know for our listeners who are feeling, uh, a, I guess a magnetic attraction to you. What things do you have to offer currently? Where can they find you? Where's your favorite place to hang out? How can they get more of Sandy? Ah, oh, well, um, I'm
1: hanging out at least mostly on social media. If, if social media is the way that you'd like to connect, I hang out. Uh, you can find me under Sandra Bershad and uh, the highly sensitive superwoman, which is the name that I've uh, gone under. Mm-hmm. if you search either of those terms <laughs> that <laughs> they should come up, but I post um, writings on the daily and I'm, C- committing right now in this moment to show mm-hmm. like, showing up and sharing, uh, more videos, um, more video transmissions yes. and lives and whatnot. So I've been feeling the call to do that for a while. Um, so you can find me there with uh, poetry and videos and inspirational quotes, and feel free to send me a uh, d- direct message or a private mm-hmm. message there. If you'd like to connect, uh, you can find me on my website too. I, I have a bl- ongoing blog there and, um, an email list that you can sign up for on, on my website with a, a free training. I think it's like called something like igniting your somatic wisdom, but it, it's a, um, a uh, webinar training that I did that goes over a lot of the things that we talked about today. So if you're interested in somatics and neurobiology and attuning to your own embodied wisdom and how that can support you and not only transforming your self relationship, but your relationships with others and accessing your creative gifts, that's a great way. I do one-on-one somatic-based coaching, um, and creative consulting, uh, for, uh, you know, conscious, uh, Entrepreneurs and uh, service-based professionals, you know, leaders, visionaries that are um, in a stage of wanting to augment their own personal awareness of their gifts and translate that more powerfully into the world. I love helping people design their own signature, you know, programs and offerings, mm-hmm. and workshops, and moving through creative blockages and, and copywriting. And then, and then, if you're just wanting to move into the or jump into the the deep, deep. Um, ocean of somatic <laughs> embodiment and, and you know, and and accessing your own embodied wisdom. Then I do um, uh, longer term one to one uh, mentorship, you know, programs for that. And uh, if you're interested in any of those offerings, feel free to send me a message or follow me uh, on Instagram. Just come and say hi. Come hang out. I I love connecting and co-creating with other um, kindred spirits and. I am also launching um, a new offering through this uh, company, Being Design, which is a conscious design consultancy where we're doing brand therapy for uh, entrepreneurs, uh, conscious entrepreneurs and thought leaders and visionaries who want to take their vision to the next level. So if that's something that interests you, um, there's a lot of different ways that we can (laughs) co-create.
0: Oh my goodness. You're so amazing. I love it. I love it. You're so amazing. (laughs) I can't thank you enough for being here, showing up to your edge today, leaping and being you. thank you. Thank you for the invitation and the opportunity. And
1: I'm also just so excited and celebrating you in this uh, next iteration of your beautiful gifts and expressions. So really excited for the upcoming podcast and to tune into that too.
0: Thank you. Love you. Love you. Emboldened. <laughs>